0: because the Thessalonians were people who lived in a city called Thessalonica. And that they were one of the churches that the Apostle Paul, through his missionary journeys, established. And he was following up the work that he, that he did, and the preaching and the teaching, with a letter to the people. And there was a, a rumor in those days, among the Thessalonians that uh, Christ had already come and uh, in this chapter of this letter the Apostle Paul puts things right in terms of the coming of the Lord Jesus that it hasn't happened yet and that they shouldn't be disturbed by all sorts of rumors and then he put things in place that we also would know in terms of the coming of the lord so second thessalonians chapter 2 verses 1 to 12 concerning the coming of our lord jesus christ and our being gathered to him we ask you brothers not to become easily unsettled or alarmed by some prophecy report or letter supposed to have come from us saying that the lord the day of the lord has already come Don't let anyone deceive you in any way, for that day will not come until the rebellion occurs and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He will oppose and will exalt himself over everything that is called God or is worshipped, so that he sets himself up in God's temple, proclaiming himself to be God. Don't you remember that when I was with you, I used to tell you these things? And now you know what is holding him back, so that he may be revealed at the proper time. For the secret power of lawlessness is already at work, but the one who now holds it back will continue to do so till he is taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will be revealed whom the Lord Jesus will overthrow with the breath of his mouth and destroy by the splendor of his coming. The coming of the lawless one will be in accordance with the work of Satan displayed in all kinds of counterfeit miracles, signs and wonders and in every sort of evil that deceives those who are perishing. They perish because they refused to love the truth and so be saved. For this reason God sends them a powerful delusion so that they will believe the lie and so that all will be condemned who have not believed the truth but have delighted in wickedness. This is the word of God. My dear brothers and sisters in the Lord Jesus Christ, from this reading in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, I want to preach to you the Bible under the heading, The New Year and the Glory of Christ's Victory. A new year and the glory of Christ's victory. As we stand at the beginning of the new year, I think it's a good thing that God allowed weeks and months and seasons and years to come and go. These give us time to look back and to look forward. We reflect on the past and make adjustments to tackle the future. All the way we focus our eyes on Him who created time for us to enjoy Him. That's a good thing that we have a new year. Now we can look back on on the previous year. We can look at our mistakes. We can learn from them. And now we can uh, tackle the new year with all, not those resolutions that don't get anywhere, but with our eyes fixed on Jesus. One aspect of the future is, of course, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this year might just be the year. And if it's not the here, then at least we know it's a year closer to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let, let us never forget that. Let us never get that out of our mind that our Lord Jesus is coming back. And I think that, that in, in our day and age with the philosophies around us, we are so, so focused upon this world and what this world has on offer that we, uh, that we hardly think about the fact that this world will pass away and that our Lord Jesus will come. And that is a fact, because the Bible proclaims this over and over again. But what is also true is the fact that the Lord calls His church in the lead-up to the end of times to be on the alert for the wannabe, the spurious saviors with their phony religions dished up as truth. These religions are opposed to the message of the Bible, but in many cases, many cases they twist the scriptures in such a way that gullible and credulous Christians and church leaders can easily be swept away in a current of good-looking but very dangerous ideologies, or shall I just say religion? because that that's what that's what it is excuse me <coughs> i'm concerned and I, and i'm concerned from the depth of my heart that we are not prepared for the onslaught that's coming our way the churches today are just not ready for it and, and if, you, if you just look at what happens in, uh, in the world around us. Now, I, I'm not going to give you a judgment on what happened at Copenhagen and, and, and all these things. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, uh, I'm not equipped to do so. But what I do know is a, I, an ideology that has become a religion has now become the politics of the day which also means that if you are opposed to that you will be guilty to the law of the land can you see can you see the point here it's not it's not just concern for the environment only There will be laws made against it so that if you would live according to your Christian understanding of the Bible, you might be in trouble with the law of the land. And it came very, very neatly dressed up. In the coming two Sundays, I hope to, to have studied this better and to give you a better understanding. But today, let us uh, just focus upon this part of, the, world of uh, the word of the Lord and say, the Lord is coming again. When Christ comes again, he will gather his church unto himself. The third thing, we don't know the exact time or date of his return. And therefore, we need to be ready all the time. And the return of Christ will be preceded by severe rebellion and the revealing of the Antichrist. Just those points this morning then. The first thing, Christ is coming again. There is no doubt in the mind of the Apostle when he writes about this marvelous event in verse 1. And he says, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our being gathered to Him. No guess in his mind. He says that is true. This was the subject he had already touched in his first letter to the Thessalonians. And he writes in verse with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. The Apostle Paul also writes about this in the next chapter, chapter 5 of the First Thessalonians. Now, brothers, about times and dates we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night, while people are saying, peace and safety destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on the pregnant woman and they will not escape. So the coming of our Lord is a fact. That is something that we need to get used to live with, this idea. And as a matter of fact, that is a thing that you and I need to, to hold out before us every day so that that will be the thing that will determine the way in which we will live now. For this reason, then, we must not live like those in darkness, but those knowing the light. We must be alert. So then, in verse uh, 6 to 8 of chapter 5, let us not be like others who are asleep. Let us be alert and self-controlled. For those who sleep, sleep at night. And those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be self-controlled, putting on faith and love as breastplate and the hope of the salvation as helmet. That's the first point we need to remember today. Christ is coming again. The Scriptures teaching regarding the second coming of Christ is found in the statement of the Apostles' Creed, and we know that all. On the third day, He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and He sits at the right hand of, of, of God, the Father Almighty. And from thence, he shall come to judge the quick and the dead okay now it's 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 a marvelous doctrine it's a marvelous message that I preach to you today, but i can't i can't remain on this chap on this this point uh the whole time so here we go Christ is coming again let's let's not let's not fall asleep like Like some that we heard about in the Bible, they fell asleep and they were not ready when the groom arrived. We need to be alert. We need to be there. We need to be wide awake. We need to be busy when our master returns. The second thing is, Christ is coming again to gather his church unto himself. And that is a marvelous message. Once again, we are not left behind. You know, was there a movie by that name or a book? Someone wrote a book left behind or a series of books left behind. I don't agree with the theology of, 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 of that. But, but Christ did not leave us behind as orphans. And he did, not, he did not leave us behind as if he wouldn't return. He said, no, I'm going to, to prepare for you a mansion. And, and when, I, when I prepared that, and it's all done, and it's time, I will come back, and I will take you to be where I am. Christ will gather to himself a church. When he will return, he will gather the believers to him who saved, who are saved by him, those whom we know are purchased by His blood. Those who heard the word of truth and loved that truth. That's his church. The Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel, And the dead will be raised first. And after that, we who are still alive and are left, Will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. And therefore, he adds to this encourage one another with these words. Can I encourage you? Can I encourage you not to get lost in a world that is lost? Not to give up your hope because it hasn't happened in 2010 years. In the days, in the eyes of the Lord, a thousand years could be like a day. A thousand and a day could be like a thousand years. Our time is not the time of the Lord. But don't give up. And only His church, only those who are saved, will be gathered to Jesus. All of us will be raised, some to face the judgment throne, and others to hear the voice of our Savior to say, come in, in the kingdom of my Lord. Therefore, the Apostles' Creed also says, I believe in the resurrection of the body. So this is the second major aspect of our chapter this morning. We need to understand. The elect from all eternity, washed and justified in the blood of the Lamb, will be gathered unto the Lord Jesus Christ on the day of His return. And now I may ask you, do you look forward to this day? Well, we need to. We need to. That's the day that we will be with the Lord. And I read about that only last night, once again in Revelation, where it says, We will, listen to this, we will see His face. Where you will be, by the grace of God, look into the face of the one who saved you. The lamb slain, but now given authority. That's a glorious day. But the third thing that we need to understand is we don't know the exact date and time of his return. Many Christians through the centuries thought themselves more informed than our Lord Jesus who declared that only the Father in heaven knows the hour and time. He says that in Matthew chapter 24, 36. No one knows about the day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Some at the time of the apostle, when he wrote that letter to the Thessalonians, thought that it had already happened. They were misled by false prophets, others through the Thought the coming of the Lord was so imminent that they quit their jobs. They stopped working. They said, what's the point for us to start a new job and a new project? The Lord will come and He will find us busy. Let's wait for Him. So, uh, Dean, in your case, stop doing that, that extension to your house. What's the point? Uh, but he says, no. He said, this is, this is not right. Encourage one another. He who doesn't work cannot eat, the Bible tells us, when you read further through that. No, we don't know the hour, so therefore work every hour of the day as if the Lord is coming tomorrow. But pray, someone said, as if he's coming, he's never coming again. So in that sense, we need to be busy with the work of the Lord. We don't know the exact time and date of the return of Christ, but there are a few indicators. One of the things mentioned in, in Matthew chapter 24, we hear the teaching of the word then, of the Lord, then it says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Now, how that's going to happen, I don't know. I don't know that it is impossible in our day of electronic media where the, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ could be carried into the darkest corners of the world in a very short period of time. I, I think that's possible. On the other hand, does it really mean that all nations and everyone within those nations should hear the gospel? I don't know. I don't know how to understand this. But it seems to me that there's still some work to be done. But the return of Christ will be preceded by severe rebellion and the revealing of the Antichrist. The word rebellion in the NIV is the word used for apostasy elsewhere. Now, when I used this word apostasy somewhere, else someone said to me, now what does that mean? Uh, that is, is a word that refers to changing loyalties or defection or an abandonment which leads to rebellion. It describes a rebellion which will take place right before the return of Christ. It does not refer to the sporadic turning away from the Bible as we see it through the ages. But that apostasy, that rebellion, rather refers to a massive and a general falling away from the truth of the Bible and open rebellion towards Christ, His gospel and His church. This will also mean much persecution and pain for those who adhere to the truths of the Bible professing the name of Christ Jesus. And And I think we have now moved into... Those times, it's going to be, in the past when you were were called a Christian, you were looked at as a fool. You were looked at as someone who's got it somewhere wrong. Someone who can be laughed at. I believe time has come where Christians will not be looked at as fools anymore anymore. But Christians will be looked at as enemy. As enemy. And we need to, by the grace of God, stand firm. There's a reference to the word tribulation in the Bible and biblical literature. There is dispute among the different traditions within the theology about when exactly this will take place. I don't know exactly. But we have enough authority from the Word to understand that as Christ suffered from the hands of the godless, so the church will not be exempt from suffering and persecution, more so during this period of intense rebellion against the truth of the gospel and the church of Jesus Christ. And as at the conclusion of the Old Testament period, where apostate Israel allied itself with the heathen world power against Jesus and his, his, his apostles and uh, in Thessalonica, as we read about that in Acts chapter 17. God punished them in righteous rest, uh, retribution by using Rome as the world power to destroy it. And in the same way, apostate church, the church deserting the truths of the Bible, by coming what the bible refers to an harlot church aligning itself with the godless world power or the beast then of revelation against true religion shall be judged by that world power which shall be finally embodied in the antichrist that apostate church is first to be judged by the beast which is the world power and its kings, according to Revelation chapter 17, and afterwards the beasts and their allies, with the personal Antichrist at its head, shall be judged by the coming Lord Jesus Christ himself. Idolatry of self, spiritual pride, and rebellion against God are characteristics of the Antichrist. He not merely assumes Christ's character, but opposes Christ. The Greek word implies one situated on the opposite side. One who, on the destruction of every religion, shall seek to establish his own throne. And for God's great truth, which states that God became flesh in Christ Jesus, He will substitute it with his own lie. Man is God. He is called the son of perdition. A title applied besides to Judas, to no one else. Christ, the Antichrist, the second beast coming up from the earth, shall be like a lamb while he speaks as a dragon. He is coming peaceably and by flatteries, working deceitfully, but his heart shall be against the holy covenant of God. And he and his spirit are at work at the moment, as it has been at all times. But as I understand the Bible correctly, It will be before the coming of the Lord Jesus a a time that will be very hard for his church. He rejects the gospel and those who follow him will reject the teaching of the gospel with the full development and constant of these anti-Christian elements in one person, I believe, still to appear. We are told that he is lawless. This is a deliberate disobedience in which self-will is raised to the highest power. He is opposed to God and to Christ and His kingdom and His work. He is the Antichrist. One who stands instead of Christ and takes the Christian name yet is against the kingdom of truth which implies which is implied in the name he will take he will try at least to take control of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and he will try to work out a new religion and unfortunately I've seen churches falling for his theology by this you know John writes the spirit of God every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God and every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in flesh is not of God And this is the spirit of the Antichrist. What I understand from this in the Bible is that people will not say, Don't believe in Jesus Christ. You can have your God and you can call Him Jesus Christ if you like. But just don't think that He is the only God. Just don't think that He is the Savior of mankind. He is with all the others a God... But He is not the only. And if you as a Christian who loves the Lord Jesus would stand up and say, The Bible says, and the Lord Jesus says, And by this authority I will live, and by this authority I will die, you will be considered enemy, not a fool. I will uh, I think I will end it there today and then next week we will continue and I hope that by the grace of God we will have an eye for the times that we live in so that we will know that the coming of the Lord is, is there and before that you and I need to have eyes wide open be on the alert because there are many false prophets in our age. But, having said that, I just want to conclude this and say, what do we learn then from this paragraph, at least up till today? The judge, I've, I've learned that the judge whom, before whom we will appear paid in full with his own blood for the full pardon of sin he the judge did once stand before God as the accused and he stood there in our place he was innocent but all our guilt was his burden he is the very same person who has already submitted himself to the judgment of God for me and has removed the entire curse of sin for me He who died, who did this for me, I expect to judge from heaven. This is why I have no doubt about his judgment over me. He will, because of his own redeeming death, clear me of all charges and let me inherit eternal life. He will judge over the Antichrist and it will be just. He will destroy his enemy and he will vindicate those who believe in him, taking his righteousness as if it were their own. Then, that day, he will glorify his elect as he presents them without blemish to the Father. This is what I believe and I hope you believe that too. Let us pray. Father, we look forward to the coming of our Lord Jesus. We thank you for the promise that he is coming. But we thank you also, Lord, for the word that is preparing us for those uh, terrible days that we might have, that even in this world now where so much is happening against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, where new ideologies and new religions uh, uh, spring up all day and where people want to to save the world through, through uh, 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 and, and religion that worship creation more than the Creator. And we pray, Father, that we will be alert, that we will see these things as they come, that we will, we will be uh, uh, wise and not be asleep, that we will not be trapped help us, Lord, to also be faithful when that is asked of us, even if it means that we have to give our lives for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.